Talent Jockey, Episode 22. You're listening You're to Talent Talking Podcast, a show for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. The guy that changed into a suit for an interview in a parking ramp. Your host, Sean Kelly. This is Talent Jackie, episode 22. Talent Jackie podcast for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. I'm your host, Sean Kelly, and providing insight and advice into the world of talent acquisition. Happy 2016. Today is January 2nd, so already two days into the new year. And of course, there's the resolutions pieces, but I won't go into that. But anyways, today we're going to talk about killer job postings, how to write one. And I want to, well, let's just start off, right? So writing job postings are tricky. There can be a debate on who's responsible responsible for writing job postings. Recruiters, some may say it's the responsibility of the hiring manager because the hiring manager knows their specific area and need better than the recruiter. For those that may think that, I disagree. I think it is left up to the recruiter to write. Now, it may be accurate to say that the hiring manager knows their specific area better than the recruiter, but the recruiter should know the gist of writing a good posting by getting the details from the hiring manager and then conveying that into the posting somehow. So I'm going to talk about and give you essentially eight points of writing a killer job posting. And you will find that these are relatively consistent around and within the talent acquisition field. Okay. Let's get into it, shall we? And I'll comment on some of these. So certain parallels, first one, certain parallels in the talent acquisition field, the resume are to job seekers as job postings are to hiring managers or organizations. So the same amount of time that it takes for a hiring manager to review a candidate's resume is and can be equal to how long it would take a job seeker to review a specific job posting. So you got to understand what that context is. It's going to be something where the candidate has very little time to review the job posting or they, they're going to take a very small amount of time typically. Uh, so it's got to be quick and to the point is what I'm getting at, number one here. Quick and to the point. Concise, maybe. Keep that in mind as you're writing. Nobody wants to read a book, and we'll get into that a little bit. Number two, search engine optimization are also known as SEO. Search engine optimization, you want to use keywords within the title of your posting. However, I will say that you want to write the posting for readability first, then search engine optimization second. So it has to read naturally. If it doesn't read naturally, it's just going to sound wonky. All right. And you're not going to want to like, you're not just, it's just not going to work. Okay. Now there are professional search engine optimization people in the field. 
a lot of recruiters may not know what it means to write a posting so that it's search engine optimized. It's not that hard. Again, make sure it's written for readability first. So what you can do is substitute pronouns for keywords. That's usually the easiest method and the one that I always adhere to. But again, remember to keep it natural sounding. And this will help your posting get noticed. It may come up on a site that is a job posting site. Maybe it's Google. Whatever index, whatever is indexing that posting is going to index it based on those popular keywords. And the more of them, great. But you don't want to overpopulate it to make it sound obnoxious. So for example... Once you say what the title is of the posting, maybe we're talking about an application developer or software developer. And within that posting, you may say this person may or he or she may have the following skills or we're looking for the skills to be X, Y, and Z. But what you can do is you can substitute the title of that skill, right? So instead of they or uh, you, you can say the application developer we are looking for must have the following requirements or skills. Okay, something along those lines. The person must be fluent in this technology, right? The application developer must be fluent in these particular languages or technologies. In order for this application developer to be successful, this application developer will want to work for our organization because I think you get the picture. Of course, with the application developer, you might want to really search engine optimize the skills as well. So maybe in the description, you're looking for specifically somebody that's programmed with .NET technologies, Microsoft.NET. So that will be in a requirement and also maybe the summary of the job posting. Maybe you're talking about we are looking for an application developer that is fluent in Microsoft.net, primarily C Sharp. So you talk about that kind of as an intro. And then as the requirements, you get down. Of course, one of the requirements is going to be Microsoft.net, specifically C Sharp or C Sharp preferred. So search engine optimization. Number three, keep with traditional or what I would say indie pop job titles. So indie pop would be industry popular job titles, right? So if you know that internally your job posting title or the title of the role is something that is maybe more specific to your organization, Say, for example, business system consultant. Although in that organization, it may be an application designer, application developer is a good example. So business system consultant may be proprietary to your own organization, but nobody outside the organization is going to look for and have the skills. So let me back up. So when somebody actually tries to search for that position, they may mistaken it for an actual consultant position. 
And what you may actually be may be looking for is a business, a, a systems developer, an application developer, software developer. So the industry is more likely to use a popular industry title and terminology. So try to get out of that proprietary organization centric you know, terminology. And also rainmakers, ninjas, rock stars, those are all obnoxious. Nobody looks for those when they look for a position or a job. They should not be used. Uh, they're not going to be formally used to, to find a posting or a position. So keep those out of there. Number four, benefits. So it's always good to list the formals, right? The 401k, the pension, the vacation, you know, accidental death, life, all the insurance products that you might be able to take advantage of in an organization. Most of those are pretty standard. Now, not all of them may be good, uh, whatever you define that as, but I think it's pretty acceptable to list those in brief. So of course it, you might have profit sharing, you may have, um, stock, private stock, public stock, what, you know, stock options, whatever that is, which is fine. And I think people will gloss over those very quickly, but I think what's going to really land a candidate in applying to your job is going to be some of them. I would even consider more perks than benefits. And some of those may be like uh, Microsoft developer network subscription, and if you work in the industry, that's known as MSDN. It costs probably a couple thousand dollars. And if the company pays for that and you get it for just being within the organization, well, super awesome, right? Uh, maybe it's bring your pet to work, free parking, underground parking. Uh, maybe it's hackathon Fridays if you're in the IT industry, casual Fridays. Maybe it's casual dress. Maybe it's just you just want to list that as a casual dress, jeans, Jeans and t-shirts are welcome. Cargo shorts and flip-flops every day and, and common. Some of those things will give you the person that's applying insight into the culture of your organization and also attract those that are attracted to that type of culture. So don't be afraid to list those in some capacity or another. That's number four as I hit my mic here. Number five, readable. Now I mentioned this in the search engine optimization piece. And specifically what I'm talking about is breaking it up and not being a wall of text. So an, a mass paragraph is not the way to put out a job posting. Make sure it's broken up. Um, you can use bullets to do that. You can use bold sections. So maybe it's summary, big, bold, paragraph of the summary. Next thing, requirements in big, bold lettering, and then the requirements that are uh, bulleted out. Um, and you'll want to maybe highlight those different areas and then people can skim them just like a resume, right? I'm going to go straight to the perks and then I'll, if the perks are really awesome, then I'll go up to the summary so they can kind of bop around through the job posting itself. Of course, made it re make it readable. Another thing as it pertains to readable, the length, I'm a firm believer of making it brief and concise and to the point. However, there is a battle because you want to also convey as much as you can within that job posting so that the person applying to the position really has a good grasp of what they're getting into for lack of better words. Um, that can be touchy. So I, I think you got to know what the requirements are. 
you kind of maybe have to summarize what the area is. So some of the elements within the readability piece of it, maybe even broken down into different areas, maybe in those areas, like summary, maybe who are you going to be working with? What are you actually going to be doing and who are you actually going to be doing it for? So while that last point, who are you going to be doing it for, you are going to be doing it for that organization, but that business area may be doing something for an internal customer base or an external customer. So something along those lines may be, you know, uh, we're looking for an application developer to fill uh, a role within our IT sales area, developing with developing within the Salesforce application. You'll be a member of a seven-person team and uh, you'll report to the director of IT sales support. Daily duties include this, this, and that. Um, And then break it down into the the requirements. You'll be supporting the sales team, things of that nature. All right. Redundancy, make sure you keep that out. Still keeping on the readability piece of it. Redundancy. So sometimes you'll get, I've seen job postings that seems a little redundant and it's not uncommon. So something that may say, you know, this person must have the the experience teamwork, team player. And then yet right underneath that must be collaborative and have collaboration skills. They're pretty close to being the same. I think if somebody's a team player, they're probably going to be collaborative. Are both of those needed? No. You could free up space to put something even more important within the job posting. So if it's too similar, get rid of one or the other. All right, number six. This one's kind of tricky. Consider listing the salary range, at least. Maybe not the salary itself, but the range. Um, I'm a firm believer in being more transparent or as transparent as you can be or as much as your organization allows you to be. Put in the listing of the salary. Obviously, it's always negotiable. Depends on the experience of the individual. Um, But it seems to be unpopular and almost taboo just within the recruiting industry. Organizations don't like to give that out. Um, it's tricky, uh, really is, but it does create a sense of transparency and it also kind of conveys a little bit about your culture. Um, there are some startups within the IT sector that they publish everybody's salary or it's a flat rate salary piece. So maybe that there's three levels of developer. And if you're at this developer, it's going to be this. And if it's at this developer level, it's going to be that. So it's very open. Everybody knows who it, everybody's making at every level, um, which is very untraditional and unconventional. But I think as the market moves fat forward, you almost have to be. Uh, it also prevents people from applying that really aren't within the salary range of the job. So it makes it very easy to negotiate that down the road. Salary range is between 50 and 60K. I'm an individual who wants to make 75. I look at that range. It's too big of a gap. I'm not going to apply. Ranges also tell you what you're looking for as far as qualifications go. Sometimes there's managers that think that 
their role is a 50K position, but the requirements they're putting on it is actually making it a 70K position. Uh, you're going to have a whole other problem altogether when dealing with that. But nonetheless, you know, uh, so for example, one of the things is I may not put it on the posting, but when I talk to candidates about salary, I ask them one of two ways. Um, and I know it's a little bit tricky. A lot of people, some people believe you should not divulge salary, but I think you also have to have a place to start because you're going to end up, and I think I covered this some episodes ago, you're going to have to have something so that way when you go through the entire process, I mean, you're talking about a phone screen, a hire manager, phone interview, meeting with multiple teams of individuals at any level. And that could be days, that could be weeks. And at the end, you make the offer. And if you, if you don't address the salary up front, it falls apart at the end, wasting all these people's time. So I ask in salary, when I actually ask the person over the phone, one of two things, either what they're currently making or what they need to make a move. Either way, I'm going to get a dollar amount that allows me to say, okay, we're, we're within the range. Now, I pose that question. If there's any hesitation, I will simply put out a range. And I'll usually put out a range based on the individual's background. By looking at their resume and talking to them over the phone interview or phone screen as a, a recruiter in human resources, I can get an idea of what this person's probably making. And I can usually give them a, long, a far enough range. They're usually going to come in there. Or I'm going to hit one of the ends, right? So if I hit the top end and maybe I say, well, this job, we pay eighty dollars to $95,000 a year. And maybe that person's wanting $100,000 um, or maybe they're currently at $95K. I could say, hey, if we're still within that range, as long as they're not asking for a quarter million dollars for a $100K a year position, I think we can talk and nail that down a little bit. Now, there are times when it's going to come up it's going to say that maybe they're 10K, 15K over the range, and there's simply nothing I can do to make that come together. That's okay. Now, if I would have put that in the posting, maybe it save me about 15 or 20 minutes. It depends. But nonetheless, it's something to consider. By me putting it out there, it's a little different. A lot of people won't divulge that for whatever reason. But also think that you know, application developer one, application developer two, marketing specialists, uh, senior marketing people, you're going to have an industry range anyways. Within, within that market, um, based on the skill set that you're looking for and the actual region that's based off the of cost of living and things of that nature. So anybody that knows their skill set and knows their market and knows their expertise is going to have a good idea of what the range should be. And the recruiter should know that as well. So, I mean, let's you know, cut to the chase and let's just make this happen, right? Moving on, number seven, number seven, seven, proof it. Oh man, we're human. I get it. As a matter of fact, I have people that apply to roles that are positions with their resumes and there might be a typo. I've actually had a typo on my resume. I had an actual person that interviewed me, pointed out to me, and I felt just terrible and surprised that they even brought me in. People are human. They make mistakes. The same thing with job posting and recruiters, but you got to put it out there. You got to read it a couple of times and have an, and when I was in staffing, we actually, before we could post the position, we had to have another person read the posting and proof it so they could read it, make it sure it sounded, sounded okay. 
the punctuality was correct, the grammar was right, and of course the spelling, which is a big thing, made sense and and was you know not everything that you type in puts the red squiggly line under it. Most things do, but that is something that you got to be aware of. There's nothing worse as a recruiter, especially a corporate recruiter. You post a client's customer, internal customer's position, and they contact you and say, hey, you have a job, you have a spelling error on my job posting. None of them will get irate, but it, it really does make you look like a schmo. Um, so make sure you proof it, read it a couple times. Most of us will read it over and over and it'll look the same. So it's all good, but there's that one spelling error. And especially if you're working around with acronyms, make sure you have those down, make sure those are correct. You know, there's nothing you know, there's nothing worse than when you're a technical recruiter and you're putting down technical terms and instead of TCP IP, you're using TPC IP small. You're not going to pick it up in a spell checker typically, because it's going to pop up as a, an error. So you're going to whip right through that anyway. Uh, makes it, it it just kind of puts you in the amateur boat. So you have to make sure you proof it. Number eight, categories, categories. When you post it, you'll post it to maybe an external website, maybe Craigslist, maybe a job board. They may have multiple categories to choose from. So consider posting it in multiple categories, only if it makes sense, right? You're not going to put a position in an area that makes no sense. First of all, it's just going to look out of place. You're not going to get the the true audience that you want to actually apply to your position. However, there are ways to do it in multiple space, in multiple spots. So I'll give an example, kind of an industry within an industry. Information technology is a perfect example. So if you work in information technology, you're usually in an IT department and you're within an organization. Not every company that has IT is a technical company. Um, so for example, if you work for a financial services company, that's a financial services industry. Boom. Okay. Information technology being its own department, information technology industry. Boom. So what you can do is you can actually get you posted in IT and you posted in finance and what happens is you may get a person that has an IT background that's looking for a financial services organization or a role within a financial services organization. One example would be maybe security professionals. Security within financial services is probably going to be more of a challenging position than maybe a uh, organization where security is important, don't get me wrong, but maybe it's not as important and maybe not have as much um, sensitive, confidential information as a financial services organization. Perfect examples like a bank, right? They have money. That's, security is going to be one of their prime uh, examples and, and requisites. So maybe me as an IT professional, security professional may have worked in retail, but I really want to get in financial services because financial services offers new challenges that I haven't experienced before. So I may go to the finance and IT section, or I'll just go to IT and look and try to see if I can find an IT role within financial services. So think about that. That may be an option as well. Otherwise, let me sum that up quick. Make sure it's brief and easy to read, search, number one, search engine optimize it. Number three, 
keep with traditional titles, indie pop, right? Industry and popular. Then I would keep with, uh, keep the benefits in there and perks. Be number four, mention those perks. Number five, understand, make it readable. Okay. Not a wall of text, break it out. Easy to read different segments. Number six, consider listing the salary within the posting. Number seven, proof it, reread it, have somebody else reread it. Make sure it reads well, grammar's fine, punctuality's fine. And of course, spelling errors are not present. And then number eight, consider posting it in multiple categories. Otherwise, that's pretty much it for Talent Jackie on this episode 22, where we talked about killer job postings. If you have any other tips for job postings, feel free to email me at Sean, S-E-A-N, at talentjockey.com. I'd love to hear how you may tackle job postings. Or if you're a job seeker and you've seen some interesting job postings out there, maybe they're creative in some way, they've grabbed your attention in one way or another, by all means, send me an email and let me know uh, what that looks like. I'd be interested in knowing more. Otherwise, I'm Sean, and this has been an episode of Talent